0: Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This weekend, we continued our series called Uncomfortable, and Pastor Donna talked about the idea of uncomfortable mission, that we as believers are called to share Jesus with those around us, despite how difficult, awkward, hard, and challenging it may be. Today, I'll be joined by Donna and Nick to discuss this Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, I'm here with uh, Donna and Nick. Welcome.
1: Hi. Morning.
0: Well, we are continuing. uh, We continue the series, Uncomfortable, uh, this past Sunday, and Donna spoke on mission. Uh, Donna, just to start off uh, today, uh, is there anything you'd like to reemphasize or add from Sunday's message?
2: There was the one thing that I forgot, and it was in all my early drafts, and I don't know why it wasn't, but I never mentioned Baja. Um When I was giving examples of you know missions and I talked about the Fullerton Armory and Olive Crest and all those and I never mentioned Baja, so I just want to just give a shout out to Bobby Joe and all the Baja people and I think that's an incredible way to be involved in missions as well for and a way to use skills that you might not use somewhere else, but you know those guys that have them, that's a great part of missions.
0: Awesome, thank you for that. Um, you. um Right off the bat, you kind of threw out the, the main idea. And the quote you used was that the idea of unreached people should be intolerable to us as believers. And, and I was really moved by that. I think just that, the, that word intolerable and, and what we tolerate and what we don't tolerate. And for me, that was really challenging and convicting. You know, I don't know if I can say that's how I feel, you know. Um, share some thoughts on, on how you kind of arrived to that. Um yeah, kind of just the the foundation behind that.
2: Yeah, um well as you know in a lot of our sermon series Brandon writes an outline for us and gives <laughs> us like things to think about and topics and verses and we sometimes follow it and we sometimes don't. But that was one of the sentences that he used in the outline and, and it grabbed me as well. And yeah, and when I read it I thought, huh. That's that's a pretty profound and pretty non-negotiable and And that's how it should be for us. And so, yeah, I wanted to repeat it a couple times. Do
1: you
0: have any thoughts on that one, Nick?
1: You know, so I I haven't studied this. I haven't looked uh, all that deeply, but I would kind of be on the opposite side of that. I don't know if that's a word that I would choose, Mm. Um, whether that's from a theological standpoint or emotional standpoint. Mm. I feel like it's a word that, it's sort of loaded with guilt and obligation. Hmm. And I wonder is that what we're called to operate out of? So I don't know, just a question. Mm-hmm. Just just kind of shooting from the hip.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I think for me it was mm, trying to wake people up and catch people's attention. And I'm hoping it wasn't a guilt inducing thing because as I talked about, I'm all I'm all against inducing guilt in people regarding missions so right. yeah but yeah i could see that
0: yeah that's uh i appreciate you bringing that up nick and i think that is that's uh ten there's a tension there in terms of um something that can feel like an obligation something that can be guilt-inducing um and at the same time something that you know as we're freed from that what what it could look mm-hmm. like when we are completely free of the obligation, free of the guilt, and obviously, I, you know, Donna, we know that that's what you—that's not what you were intending, at all. Nor was that what was communicated in that quote. Um, but yeah, I think it begs the question still of okay, now, you know, if if and when we're free of guilt, obligation, the idea of unreached people, you know, in our communities, in our world. What should we feel? you know? And, and I ask rhetorically, and you can answer if you want, but kind of just what should we feel when we think about that, that there are people who have never heard the gospel, may never hear the gospel, and as believers, what should be our response? And um, yeah, that's, a, that's the challenge we all face. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting, because from a theological standpoint, I think we would agree that God himself finds it intolerable that people are apart from him living in darkness. And in a way, I think logically it makes sense that if we're mimicking and following Christ, then, then it should be intolerable to us too. Um, but I, so I'm just thinking out loud. So if I, if I'm thinking about the gospel, right, in terms of God finds this intolerable. So he goes to great lengths to reach humanity and he's continually reaching humanity through his mission, and that if we're invited into that, there's kind of a mix of, I think, the feeling of urgency, um, maybe some of of um, the intolerance that God feels, but I feel like the overwhelming motivation would be one more of joy and a certain excitement, you know, God is on mission. How how do I get to partner with him, you know, rather than hmm. here's this burden that God places on us because you should do this, you you need to do this. Hmm. Hmm. So.
2: Yeah, certainly that would be a good thing to to be able to balance it with, is that sense of joy um, more than guilt or the obligation to have to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: And you just I mean just thinking out loud the image that comes to mind is is a sports analogy. You know, you think about say you're playing with the best player on the planet and he's just trying to set you up. Say you have this amazing coach and um it's all lined out for you. You just have to sort of live into it. I think to me it's it's a much more uh enticing perspective than here's this lost world and it's kind of on you to figure out how to reach it.
0: So mm. It's so why we do this podcast, you know, that we can talk and, and really process even even yeah. deeper, right? And I think the um, the goal is still the same, right? Like how do we get out of the comfort zone that holds us back from participating in this mission, right? And the different emotions that, um, you know, that, that we could feel, should feel in, in this combination of, uh, of joy and hope uh, of being able to participate. But also I think this, this stark reality that, you know, the idea of people around us never hearing. And with that, us doing very little, not participating, not being in the game, not being willing to to step out. Um, you know, there should be something in that, that, that challenges us and, and convicts us about that. Um, so as we, as we kind of, Think about missions then, and participating. Um, what what is that? What does that look like then? You know, I mean, what does it look like for us to uh, to, to 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 participate, to be involved? It um, um, may before we get to that too. You know, I think Donna, in your message, uh, you mentioned kind of your own journey, right? And there are things that um, things that kind of turn us off. Towards the idea of missions, however, we want to even define it, and we'll get into that. Um, but I, I feel that you know, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in our church who has who has felt that tension of, okay, another talk on missions. You know, maybe talk a little bit more, Donna and, and Nick. You could jump in there. And we'll share is wh- what is that? Where does that come from? What are the experiences that kind of give us this negative? Taste, you know it leaves a a, a a bad taste in our mouth when we think about it that oftentimes you know i think a lot of believers struggle with
2: mm. yeah for me i think it's just a lot the as i talked about the guilt and the um not knowing what to do or how to do it or um, not feeling like i would be very good at it being afraid of what people think so all of those things enter into it and just not wanting to think about it at all so for me, that's I think that's a big thing. Is I feel that, so I'm just gonna push it aside and not think about it. And then you know, someone talks about it, and and it just brings up all that guilt because I haven't thought about it or worked through it or done anything about it. So it just kind of stays there.
0: Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that, Nick?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it, it that aversion comes from a totally different angle. When I think about mission. I feel like that's such a loaded word outside of the church. Because if you think about missions from a Western European standpoint, it's pretty closely tied to imperialism, Hmm. colonialism. Um, You think about the California missions. And there's a lot of evil done kind of in that murkiness of, um, I mean, we live in a totally different society now with the separation of church and state. But when you had missionaries who were sent by the state, um, there's just a a lot, I think of baggage that comes with the term missions that I think is important for us to grapple with, especially when we're uh, I think engaging with a postmodern post-Christian secular society um, that it's not a neutral term, you know, in the same way crusade and crusaders is kind of getting rethought I think rethinking the idea of mission um, is also appropriate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think the way that that ties into, say, the way that we as a church, as a small local church, would do short term missions would be what's the check on, I don't know if I want to call it arrogance, but like what are we going to do? Because generally speaking, when someone goes on a mission, it's I have a resource, I have knowledge that I have and you don't have. I have a way of life that I'm trying to share with you. And I think sometimes that steps kind of all over Native, Indigenous culture. Um, It can sometimes, I think, misrepresent what the gospel is. Mm -hmm. And again, it's kind of a question. I, I can't tell you the best way to do mission, but I do think it's worth the discussion mm-hmm. of why it carries baggage and how that how that impacts um, the way we do mission and and I think the attitude that we bring into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely there's just something there, and I think we we we, we sense it, and, and we we can talk about it, but it's it's still it's still hard to fully, even for myself, fully grasp what is that and what's that tension I feel oftentimes um you know i think as nick as you mentioned just the the cultural implications historical there's that whole factor um you know that i don't know a whole lot about so i can't really comment um i know even for me just there's the human nature side of things of somebody telling me to do something i don't want to do that's just a turn off you know and i think a lot of times um you know i think we do um Compartmentalize kind of missions, and we kind of just focus on the going aspect, right? Going on a short term, doing something, and a lot of times, implication is if, if you don't go on these things, then then you're not participating in it. And um, and I think that's always been a, a challenge for me, and you know, kind of hearing those things, feeling that the obligation, the guilt, if I don't go. Um, whereas for me, I do wrestle with like how how do I grow in, in wanting to participate more you know and if, if if I can grow in those things right um, to me that's more of a you know an invitation to participate to do something than rather being told like you should do this you should go here uh, you should do that um, when it comes to missions
2: yeah I think for me and you know, I didn't talk about mission like missionaries and going on missions very much because that's so far out of my experience Um, And you guys have a lot more experience with that. Maybe we'll talk about that. But I think for me, the bigger thing is just the personal evangelism kind of aspect of mission. And going back to the intolerable thing is I think about when my brother passed away and when my dad passed away. In both those cases, like the overwhelming thing was I didn't know if my brother was a Christian. And I'm pretty sure my dad was because I had had a conversation with him. But it makes such a huge difference to me when they die Knowing that, and I think that's what makes um, just evangelism and outreach and mission so much more real, I think, just having gone through those experiences. And I think that's what makes it maybe um, so much more important for me to be you know, en- engaged with whatever the Spirit's doing with the people around me and, and wishing that there were those people with my family members as well, that, would, that, it, that it's not on me and that somebody is reaching out to them. So I think that's just the personal drive for that for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i think you donna you mentioned your message you're you're kind of segueing into this this now in terms of what what does missions then look like you know i know we don't have all the answers i know a lot of different thoughts so but just kind of from your everyday experience life um, what does missions look like to you what does it mean to participate every day for 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 you guys
2: yeah, I think in, as I talked about in the message, it's just, it's an awareness of what the Spirit's doing and an awareness of the people around me. And it just goes so against my nature because I just mostly just want to get things done. I don't really want to pay attention to people around me or other things that are not on my agenda. So for me, mission is just that awareness and being open to what the Spirit's doing and looking at people beyond my own needs and what I want and what I want to accomplish. Um and that's a big thing for me, just when I'm out in public to be aware of other people.
1: Yeah, something that's kind of come to that, that I've been thinking about is the whole idea of talking to strangers. Uh when I was in college I was a part of crew. I actually met my wife through crew used to be called Crusade. Um and one of the things that you become really good at is having awkward conversations <laughs> with strangers. <laughs> um And it is kind of an art. It's kind of something you learn. Um, When my wife was in medical school, she went to Hawaii with some friends, uh, a couple of uh, girlfriends, none of them believers, but they all commented to her like, wow, you're really good at talking to strangers. (laughs) Um, And she was kind of caught off guard by that because she's not necessarily any more intelligent or socially savvy than they are, but it was something that they picked up on. Um, And the reason I bring that up is because There's been a number of, I think, either podcasts or uh, research projects come out that talk about the effect, the positive effect that talking to strangers has on our personal lives and our personal Mm. happiness. And this is from a secular perspective, that we live in such um, kind of personalized bubbles, kind of in in our digital smartphone world, that the idea of talking to strangers is... Uh, totally foreign and just something we don't want to do but at the same time it's something that makes uh, us happier and makes the person that we're talking to happier and uh, I just thought that was interesting that there's something about genuine connection that people are craving and um, even outside of what we do with evangelism piece just engaging with people is is healthy
2: I could totally see that, yeah, because I'm not normally a person that engages with people, but I do it because of the whole evangelism thing and and mission and trying to be a witness and everything, but even if I don't talk about Jesus at all, I'm just talking to people normally. It just feels really good, and I replay it in my mind and think, oh, that was really nice. Yeah, so I agree with that.
0: If You both can just share that this upcoming Sunday on the topic uncomfortable people. (laughs) That would be wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> I could
2: be the uncomfortable people.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the interesting thing. I was listening to one researcher who was talking about what's the worst case scenario. And she said that generally, w- when we come away from conversations that we think went terribly, usually to us, terribly meant it was a little bit awkward. There's a little bit of silence, and we just think to ourselves, oh, that was a terrible uh, interaction. But the reality is, no one was angry, no one was offended, no one was r- disrupted. You just felt a little bit of awkwardness, and so you never want to do it again.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, I totally agree uh, on that. Uh, for me, uh, getting to know people, learning about people. And I think, Donna, you mentioned in your sermon, at the end of the day, people want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Right? They want to be valued. They want to be affirmed. So being in a conversation, meeting people where you get to do that, and have a genuine interest there. I mean, it seems like it's a win-win all the way around, you know. Um, I thought you brought up a great point in the message of you know sometimes just just doing that isn't enough though, right? When it comes to mission and evangelism, and the idea of of, of sharing, right, of bringing up Jesus, of segueing into a, um, you know, a, a faith conversation. And, and that was really challenging for me because I, I like the relational part I like the stranger I like meeting new people getting to know people I like encouraging them I like affirming them but bring, knowing when to bring up Jesus how to bring up Jesus when to segue into faith you know that's that's hard for me um and it's you know it's it's, it's frightening too mm-hmm. you know because there's always that fear of like okay the minute I do this then I could potentially ruin. Everything I've built so far, and I know it sounds selfish. Everything I built so far, but um, you know, I, but I, but I resonate with it. And say no, but you know, eventually or somehow, like I, I want to though. Um, share a little bit of kind of how that works, you know, uh, or at least your experience or what you've heard, what you think, you know, in terms of when, how, because, because I can imagine there are people who are listening. Well, at their at their job, on their sports teams, their, you know their friends, where they have, they genuinely value the relationship, right? They have great conversations, but they wrestle with like, how do I bring up the Jesus part? And what would you say to that?
2: I think for me, and I mentioned this is it's the safe thing about just I go to church, or I went to church, or this happened at church, and it's not emotionally loaded at all. It's just a thing that happened. And if people want to talk about it, then they can, or they can just let it go. Um, Tommy Joe talked to me after the service, and he said that his latest thing is just talking to Uber drivers and telling them where he's going, or, you know, he's going to a conference, or he's there to do something. And he said recently he was talking to an Uber driver, and the guy asked him a question, um, something about, does God punish people who sin. And Tommy answered it as quickly and as he could. And then he asked, why do you ask? Which I thought, oh, that's a great question. Why mm. do you ask? And the guy started talking about his son who had stage four cancer. And um, and mm. Tommy said, you know, they talked for a long time. When he got to his destination, they sat there for another five or ten minutes and, and talked some more. And then the guy emailed, John, Tommy gave him his card, and then the guy emailed him. And, um, and it was just kind of a ministry time. So it wasn't like he was... Seeking to talk about anything, but it was, you know, just talking about where he was going and what he was doing, and I think that just opens up the door to, you know, if people want to talk, if they don't, it doesn't force anything on them, and I kind of feel like just I go to church is such a safe way to start. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I I love starting with that question. Why? Why do you ask? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think everybody's asking a different question, and I I I like kind of that school of thought where the different generations are actually asking different spiritual questions. Mm. And I think that informs how then we share the gospel. So like, f- for example, boomers generally ask the question, what is true? And so, um, things like the Billy Graham crusades, the harvest crusades that, that mm. worked really well for boomers, uh, Xers, I think the question of the day is what is real. So I've been market to my whole life. Give me something real, something authentic and, and, b- Boomers tend, or Xers, Gen Xers tend to question authority. Um, and then for me as a millennial, the question has been, what is good? And so I think that's where questions like, um, does God punish sin? I, I think mm-hmm. there's a certain tone to that question. And then now there's the, the iGeners, the Gen Zers, right? And, and we don't exactly know who they are or what they're becoming, but people say, one of the questions they ask is, is what is beautiful? And I feel like the way we show people Jesus um, will depend on what question they're asking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for both for for sharing that. And I got to chew on that a little bit. <laughs> chew on that a little bit more. Um, you know, just for, you know, I think for our church then, you know, um, for those kind of all ends of the spectrum, you know, you have the ones who... Very active in missions in the way we do it today, for better or for worse. Uh, you have those who who don't, maybe who feel like, "Hey, that's just not for me." You know, I'm I'm too old. Uh, I don't know all the answers to that question. I can't connect to other generations. I'm not gifted. I don't know enough of the gospel. Um, kind of, what's one thing that we can all do then to be to be more open to 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 step in and participate, you know, for someone who's saying, okay, I I, I want to be, I just, I just don't know where to to start, what to do, you know, either I think I'm already missional or I don't think I'm at all. Uh, What is something then that as a church together to say, whatever it is that God is calling us to do, however it may look, how can we respond so that we can participate in what he's doing?
2: Good question. <laughs> I was, I think that maybe something we can all start doing is just to do it at church and to talk to people we don't know, or to talk to people about what's going on in our lives if we don't already do that, or to pray with people if we don't already do that, or whatever that next step is, is to do it where it's safe at church. Um, this past Sunday, I saw someone talking to someone she wouldn't normally talk to, and, and then pulling her aside to pray with her. And I thought mm-hmm. that was such a, a neat thing, and it's it's a safe thing to do at church just to take that next step and to see, you know, how the Lord provides and how the Spirit leads and, and how the Spirit provides. Um, yeah, so I feel like that could be a good first step.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I don't know how to answer that for other people, but I think as I'm wrestling with this stuff, as I'm challenged by this, I kind of feel the opposite where I, I feel feel like within the bounds of the church is where sometimes my faith is most stunted um Hmm. and i i think for me the idea of evangelism always has to come from a place of of genuineness something that's deeply true for me that i can't just uh rattle off some doctrines because it's objectively true um it it has to be something that resonates with me. And so as I engage with people, I think what's helpful for me, and this could just be me, um, is that there has to be, I think, an efficacy to the faith that I supposedly live out. So as I think, as I walk with people and life inevitably happens, the way I engage them in that space um, is sort of a check on what I truly believe. So... (laughs) If, if there's sort of an efficacy to the Holy Spirit in my life, then it makes sense to share. But it's really hard for me to share something that either feels forced or irrelevant in, in my life. And so I think just engaging with people meaningfully uh, and at the same time wrestling through my own spirituality, I think um, to me is the most compelling place to engage mission.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember what you said uh, Sunday, Donna, too, about what you were doing of just praying mm-hmm. each day uh, that God would increase your, your heart for the lost. And, um, you yeah, know, I think that's a for me, that something where I feel like that's something that we can all do as well, um, mm-hmm. myself included, um, even at the beginning, whether it's engage in relationships with people or just praying that that our, our heart for people would grow you know, as you guys were talking, um, you know, just for the last few minutes, um, and even that tension of like going back to that, it's intolerable, but it's, it's joy and it's hope. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I always go to my kids and I think about my relationship with them, right? Because to me, and I've shared already a bunch of times is that, you know, for me, that's the best example of what love looks like for me. Right. And on one hand it's, it's joy. It's privilege. It's, you know, this is a gracious gift that God has entrusted to me, right? But at the same time, there's a responsibility, right? So the idea of not talking to Jesus about them, not sharing the gospel, not doing my best to point them to Jesus as best as I could, that would be intolerable, right? Like, I could never live with myself if I didn't try my hardest. Now, would I be perfect at it? Of course not, right? Mm-hmm. But that kind of combination, saying, you know, those two go together, I think. The joy, but also the conviction and the urgency when, when we truly love people, right? And while that's, while I get it when it comes to my relationship with my kids, it's also an eye-opener because when I look to the broader community, the broader world, I realize how little I do love you know, others then, right? That there can be unreached tribes, people groups across the world, and I don't care, right? I mean, if, if I'm honest with myself, like, you know, yeah, I you, you can't say that from a pulpit. But if I look at my life, if I look at all the things I think about every minute of the day, like, that's kind of at the very bottom, right? So that's just a, a, a conviction for me of like, well, it's because I don't love them. Like, if I did love them, I would, I would care.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So that prayer of like, okay, God, like, you have to give me that heart then. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I would say, you know, I don't think realities in this lifetime, he's going to give us a heart for every single person in this world. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, I don't know if we could even function, right, if we had that. But whoever it is that he's, he's calling me to love, you know, for me to get out of the way, for him to be able to really do that work so that I can invest in the relationship so that I can engage in meaningful conversations and get to know them and value them and eventually find a way to share Mm -hmm. Jesus with them, right? And and it's amazing, right? Because when we want to and we feel compelled to, like, we'll sometimes do the cheesiest things, but we will find a way, you know, Mm -hmm. to to bring up Jesus. So, you know, I think for me, I realize... Yeah, you know, there's a lot of room to grow, you know, in the heart component, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the beginning. I think everything you said as is, is well is so important to, you know, to take those steps, right. To participate where, where God invites us, but we got to cooperate. We have to participate with that.
2: Yeah. I think that's true too. Just between the three of us, how differently are, how differently we talk about it and how our just personalities and backgrounds and our approaches are are so different, so you know it has to be you know that that God is leading us in different ways, and that prayer is so important in finding out where God is leading us and how God will use us because it's not the same as anybody else's.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, I was just thinking, and I'll probably say this this Sunday, but not too many are listening. <laughs> But just the the arc of obviously the arc of the book, the arc of the series where, you know, Brandon opened up with uncomfortable faith and how we have to be willing to step into this faith that's going to stretch us and challenge us. And Donnie, you talked about holiness and and just being okay with being different, be set apart. And I talked about love and just the importance of God shaping that. And then Brandon talked about the importance of the Holy Spirit and being open to what the Spirit is doing. And then you talked about mission. right? And I'm going to talk about people. And to me, it's 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 lined up perfectly Mm -hmm. right the faith that calls us to holiness that calls us to love points us to the spirit who points us to mission Mm -hmm. right and the mission points us to people Mm -hmm. right so just the trajectory of kind of how uh the series is shaping and Mm -hmm. i think at the same time while it's it's linear there's this openness to, to our own diversity mm-hmm. and, and just just three of us here and saying it's so unique as you said Donna, how different we are mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be a reflection in our church as well that, that yeah. we're called to the same mission but how we do that right is going to be mm-hmm. how the Holy Spirit wants to work in each of us mm-hmm. and, and that's going to be and that's what I think makes it exciting right that it's it's different. Mm-hmm. there's not one formula for everybody and it's kind of what makes it scary. Because we don't see this clear path, step one, step two, step three, but it's what makes it makes it exciting too that something we get to discover, right, right? with God, with one another. Mm -hmm. So, with that kind of being said, and in light of everything we've shared, is there kind of any final thoughts um, on this topic, on anything that's been said here this morning on Sunday, anything you want to encourage our church with?
2: I think just that for me, this one was the hardest one. It wasn't the hardest sermon, but it was the hardest topic just because it is totally just an uncomfortable topic. And I think it is for a lot of people, um, judging by the people who talked to me after the service and who felt like just that sense of guilt and defensiveness and discomfort and everything. So I think, yeah, and part of it is just being aware of that and leaning into it and examining it and thinking about it and And again, praying about it is is such an important first step, is not to just ignore it, which is what we all want to do.
0: Well said. Anything, Nick?
1: No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it at that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you both for sharing, for being here, um, for sharing your thoughts on a a difficult topic. And I think it's obvious that we're all in, in a unique place in our own journey. And where we've been, what God is doing now, and where he's leading us. Um, you know, Donna, I want to especially thank you for, for preaching this Sunday. Um, I know it was a hard topic. Uh, you shared that with us on Sunday. But, you know, I think uh, it, was, it wasn't coincidence. You know, I think many people, myself included, can relate to what you you're sharing, where you are. And, you know, it doesn't matter where we are. You know, I think God wants to use us where we are and, and he's going to, to move in us if we're willing. And that's an impl- important place to start. And I think, as you said, just just don't ignore it, you yeah. know, to be open to to how God is doing. And and I think to do what we're doing here, to do what happened on Sunday, to just talk about it. You know, if, if there's people that you can connect with, relate to um, questions you have, uh, just be able to, to talk about it. And even for myself to sit here with you, too, and just talk about it you know, I feel like I've grown. I've been challenged. I've been inspired by just hearing the two of you. And I know uh, that will happen if, if our church uh, does the same and if we can continue that dialogue, especially in this area of mission. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you both for being here. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast.